It's the first book we find when we open the pages of our Bible. The word Genesis comes from the Hebrew meaning in the beginning. Genesis narrates the opening history of the world and talks to us about how this all began. This brand new year represents a new beginning. We all have had a beginning. Jeremiah said then that the word of God came and said, Behold, I formed thee in the belly before I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. God knew Jeremiah before he was formed in the womb. So we all have had our beginnings, but like humanity, there are times when we just wish that we had the chance to start all over again. Anyone in the room ever wish that you could erase some things that you've done, that you could reverse some of the acts that you've played, some of the things that you said? Maybe it's um, <clears throat> an accident that occurred with a vehicle. Let's think in the natural for a moment. If you dive deeper and get into some of the things, you wish you could go back and undo some conversations or comments that were given, arguments that were had, fights that somebody got in. It's just, it was just horrible. It was awful. And you wish you could go back and start again. Well, the, the blessing and the benefit of turning the last page on 2021 is that we have the option to put that calendar away and we start the brand new page of a brand new year. Auld Lang Syne is the song that we all know the melody to, but most of us only know the first few lines. Pastor Matt was going to bless us with his latest learning accomplishment, Old Lang Syne on the harmonica on Friday night, but he... I don't know if he chickened out, backed out, or just was worried. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never thought upon, the flames of love extinguished and fully passed and gone. It's a mournful little dirge. I don't know why we always sing it going into the new year. The flames of love extinguished and, the full, and fully passed and gone. But there is something about what's being said is that the reality is that some of us wish that some of the past we really could forget. We all have some things that we're glad they're truly past and gone and we're stepping into the promise of the future. It's one of the blessings of our calendar. The month of January holds hope for us. You can feel it. You can talk to people. Did, did you know that there's tremendous power in a new beginning? If you were to look it up in the psychology magazines, they talk about the power of new beginnings and that people actually do follow through with resolutions. As a matter of fact, they followed over a thousand people and talked to them monthly about their resolutions. By the end of the year, they had some 57% if they had approach-oriented goals that were successful in maintaining or accomplishing the resolution that they committed themselves to in January. So I just came with a little hope for you today. You can do this. <laughs> I'm going to back up and try that again. You can do this. I had two people that believed in that resolution to lose 10 pounds in January. I know we all, I, I'm not even going to go there. I'm not going to talk about the 10 most common resolutions because they're all the same for all of us. I asked Kathy yesterday, I said, what's your resolution? She said, 
I'll just tell you. One of them, she said, get closer to God. Get closer to God. Get fit, get closer to God. Sum it up. Two, two, two resolutions. Get it, get it all encompassed. Just sum it up. I, Kath, you can do this. 57. I don't know. There's, there's more commentary here about stuff that I don't know with psychology. Approach-oriented goals, avoidance-oriented goals. I had to look it up, so if I had to look it up, you probably don't want to hear about it. Let me just sum it up the way that I know how. There's tremendous opportunity in a new beginning. You've heard it. Henry Ford said it. Failure is the, simply the opportunity to begin again, this time more intelligently. And you're not alone if you desire the opportunity to start again. You're in great company, as a matter of fact. You know, I, I remember um, when I was working at Maritime Paper Products, and uh, I remember, I'm reminding myself right now of my Brother Foster. He used to talk about working at Fleming Gibson. I knew that, how I knew that Brother Foster worked at Fleming Gibson was because he'd bring out little stories about Fleming Gibson. I'm turning into Brother Foster with Maritime Paper. Someday you're going to say, I can't remember a sermon he preached, but he did say he worked at Maritime Paper. <laughs> but when we did work there, there are times when we made errors. We made mistakes. We were part of the, the sampling team, and what we would do is we would create boxes. That sounds really um, simple. Some, there is some element of responsibility required but we would what we would do is we would create samples and those samples would be sent to the customers and the customers would verify that that sample would fit their product and then they would take that sample sheet that they signed off on and the CAD drawing was there and we would take that CAD drawing we'd send it out to production then production would go into production and produce these boxes well there were times when we would make errors there are times when uh, when the, right, the, the conveyor system was holding pallets of boxes that were of no use to anybody because somebody made an error. <laughs> and the salesman would come in and he'd say, you know what? Uh, what happened with those McCain boxes for all the McFries that are sitting out on the pallet? And they say, well, some, somebody got something mixed up and an error got put on the sheet and got sent to production and and he had these, this little term, you know, Neil McDonald was a great sales rep. He said, well, you know what, let, let's, 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 let's play the play it again card. The play it again card. And sometimes in life, I, I, we all just need a little play it again card every now and then. And, and I just want you to know that you're in a room full of people that have a back pocket full of play it again cards. Because there's nobody perfect in this room this morning. If you, if you came and you were looking for the perfect church, I'll, I'll just say it, it's common. But, but you haven't found it. You just found a church full of imperfect people that have a perfect God that are will, he's willing to work on us. It's called the perfecting church for a reason. We aren't a perfect church, but we are a perfecting church. God is working on us. And sometimes we've got to pull out the play it again card. And I'm not excusing sin. And I'm not making allowance for wrongdoing. But I just want someone to know this morning that if you don't have it all together you're in a room full of people just like you 
We've all got conveyor systems full of some errors that we've had in our lives, but grateful to God that there is a God above that works with imperfect people to accomplish a perfect work in our world. I'm so grateful this morning that God doesn't discard us when, he, when we make an error, but God steps in in that moment and begins to work in our life and restore us and renew us and revive us. Sometimes there's great power in God just doing that work in your life. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that God isn't finished with me yet. As a matter of fact, God, sometimes he played the play it again card himself. In Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5, we are just that many chapters. If you were doing your, your bread reading, Bible reading, and riches any day, if you're doing that, you're, you probably, if you're going th through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you read about Noah this morning. The Bible tells us in verse 5, it says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And humanity had fallen from what God intended to this low place where the wickedness of man was great, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil. Continuing. And the Bible says that it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beasts and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. God said, I'm just going to start again. And he could have at that point said, I'm just going to wipe humanity off the face of the earth. I'm just going to remove them and I'm going to start again. I'll, I'll, we'll make another Adam and we'll create another Eve and we'll breathe breath into them and they'll just start all over again. But that's not what God did because the Bible tells us that someone in the midst of everybody wasn't talking the way that everybody was talking and wasn't walking the way that everybody else was walking. Noah, Mo, Noah walked a different gait than everybody around him. They found him to be odd. They found Noah to be different. They found him out of sync, out of step. They found him to be old-fashioned, but that didn't really matter to Noah. All that mattered to him was that he found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and he did. The Bible distinctly declares it like this, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And against the backdrop of every imagination being evil, against the backdrop of everything being out of order with what God had intended for it to be, there was one man who walked a different way. When the flow of humanity was rushing towards sin, Noah walked toward righteousness. When the flow of humanity was moving in the wrong direction, Noah was moving in the right direction. There were two things that God required of Noah. Number one, God told him to preach. Second Peter 2 and 5 states that Noah was the preacher of righteousness in the world full of unrighteousness. And the second thing was that God told Noah to prepare. God told Noah, look out, Noah. Look out over the sea of humanity. And they're, <clears throat> they're going their own way. They're accomplishing their own purpose. But I've found grace in your life. As a matter of fact, it's the first time that you'll find the word grace in the scriptures. 
Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. When God could have, maybe should have, just wiped humanity off the face of the earth, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Can I tell you that that same God is looking in this room this morning? And regardless of what you've done in 21 or before, God is looking at you through the eyes of grace today. I feel the Holy Ghost moving right now. I, I prayed today that God would anoint not just the preacher, but that God would anoint this room, that God would move powerfully, that God would anoint this sanctuary. We're asking for God to minister. I'm asking for a holy conviction to rest. I'm, I'm praying that there's a holy convocation that happens, that we move out of our regular place of, of regular activity, that we step in sync with, with Noah this morning and we begin to follow the heartbeat of God and we begin to hear the cry of God because God wants someone to realize you can start all over again it's a horrible story it's it's a horror story horrible because humanity refuses to heed the preaching Noah preach like lives depend on it Noah preach about a judgment day that's coming preach about the grace that you found and if that doesn't work preach about that judgment that God is going to release on the earth Noah preach your heart out preach to everybody and and you know that through the years as Noah was building he was preaching as he was preparing the ark he was preaching about a judgment day that was coming he was challenging men to get right with God he was challenging women to get right with God there's a storm coming no, if they won't hear you preach about a rainstorm that's going to come, even though man has never seen rain, preach that everybody will perish unless they get on the ark. So Noah preached. Noah preached his heart. Noah preached in his life. His, his lifestyle was there. By faith, Noah being warned of God, Hebrews 11 said, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Noah preached and Noah prepared. I think that we could take a great lesson from a man named Noah. That we need to preach and we need to prepare. We need to preach to a world where the only preacher in the room isn't on the platform this morning. And isn't over here on the front section of this, uh, this section over here. The, the preachers in the room line the front to the back. The, the preachers in the room go from the left to the right. They reach into the balcony. I, I just want someone to realize that you're a preacher today. You're a preacher of a God that's able to reach in and turn a life around you're a preacher about the goodness of God you're a preacher about the grace of God because if there was ever a time when a world needed a preacher and if there was ever a time when a world needed a message of hope and of salvation it's this world that we are living in today someone has got to own the responsibility of bringing a preacher because there's a world that needs a brand new beginning preach about it Noah don't hold back and and we, we look at the story from the lens of history. Noah could only see through the glass of prophecy, but we see it in hindsight. But Noah, he just had to believe what God had told him was going to happen. By faith, Noah. Noah had faith. He believed that, that when God talked to him, when God challenged him, when God uh, just kind of issued the proclamation through him that, that he had that responsibility. He owned it. He deposited that word of God so deep in his spirit that it came out in every activity, every, every law that he sawed. It was, a, it was singing a message about a, a coming judgment day that the world was going to see. Every, every hammer that was banged into that wood, it, it let the world know, I'm, I'm preaching a message, but I believe it. This, this promise that God said is available to everyone. If you want to get on the ark, it's, it's available 
but, but God's going to judge the world. So you need to heed the preaching of the word. His life proclaimed a message. His faith was lived out day in, day out. His faith was lived out seven days a week. It was the entire week long. It was committed to one thing. It was preparing and preaching. A 500-foot-long bolt would be a great accomplishment by any day's standard. But in his day, it was a tremendous accomplishment. Three stories tall. They may have chalked Noah up to eccentric. They may have chalked him up to odd. He required only gopher wood. It, any other tree didn't matter to him. He just said, I, I need gopher wood. And, and, and at first, it was just the frame that was built. And the world said to themselves, well, if he's telling the truth, we've got time. And then the skin of logs slowly encompassed that framework. And the boat was there being built right before their eyes. And, and I'm sure, now I, I know in, in Kentucky, I asked my daughter about it when we were there, that I said, isn't there some Noah's Ark here in Kentucky? And, and I guess, anyone ever been to Noah's Ark in Kentucky? No? Me either. So there's a guy that, or a group of people that got together and they built a replica of what they believe Noah's Ark would have been. Five, uh, 500 feet long, three stories tall, rooms on the inside. But Noah went about this accomplishment. It's, it's an attraction now, but, uh, you know, in, in Noah's day, it would have been an attraction. I'm sure that the people of the town, word got around, did you see what Noah's building? And people would have come by. And when they came by, I'm sure that there was a message. I'm building it because God's going to send a flood. Judgment day is coming. Turn from your wicked ways. It's time to repent. And I'm sure like Nehemiah when he preached with a, a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other. That, that Noah when he preached there was a hammer in one hand. Maybe a saw in the other. But he declared the word of God about what was coming to the world around him. Church, sometimes we forget that there is a judgment day that's coming. And as much as I hate everything that's happening in our world around us right now, I've got to believe that God is shaking us. Our comfort zone is uncomfortable. Abnormality is becoming normal. Uncertainty is the way of the day. But God is saying, church, wake up. There's a judgment day. That's coming. God said he wouldn't flood the earth again with water. But it would be fire next time. As much as we aren't hell, uh, hellfire and brimstone preachers. Brother Foster was. We may need a little bit of that in our message every now and then. Because the Bible did say reach however you've got to reach. And sometimes it may be by fear. Because sometimes when people are walking the wrong way, they need a direction to go the right way. And the only thing that's going to get their attention is fear. I read about a, a king who burned a man's barley field because he couldn't get his attention in the Old Testament. Sometimes God's just got to do something to get our attention. And I can't help but wonder if God is shaking the cage that we live in because he's trying to get our attention. The end is nigh. The end is so near. We've got to be ready. God is coming soon. And judgment 
movement is going to follow. And our world needs a witness in this day about what God can do in a life. Our world needs a witness of what he can accomplish. I don't want a world to perish in judgment. I want a world full of revival. We preach it. We celebrate it, but sometimes we just got to remind ourselves that same God that's going to send revival is going to send a judgment fire. We've got to be ready. That's why Noah, he walked different than the world around him. Oh, <clears throat> we'll talk about it a little bit, but it's season of sacrifice. Pastor Matt mentioned it. We're talking, we're talking the next 21 days, starting tomorrow, little season of sacrifice. But the challenge is, is that sometimes we, we just talk about it on Sunday and we forget it by Monday. When we all need to sacrifice something because our flesh needs to die a little bit. Believe me, I'm one belt notch up than I usually am. This flesh needs to die a little bit. We all have got to refuse our flesh because if not, the flesh, if we don't run our flesh, our flesh will run us. And Noah walked different because he realized he, he, he lived in the reality that even though he had never seen a rainstorm before, the rain was coming. I've never seen a hailstorm of fire before, but I've got to believe it's coming. And we look at the story from the lens of history and it all worked out all right, but we forget that there was a world with the exception of eight people that was lost. The ark was an attraction, but it should have got their attention. The tedious process of pitching the tar within and without. Noah just kept preparing and Noah kept preaching. It's going to rain. I'll listen to you later, Noah. I'll come another day. I'll wait another week. Until uh, I just kind of determined that my calling and election is short. You almost persuaded me today, Noah. I'm concerned because the ark is almost complete. And before I didn't really have to worry about it. It couldn't have held anybody in any kind of storm. But now I see that the work is accomplished. I, I see that this, this thing could hold somebody if there was water that flooded the earth. The end times have come on us so quickly. The world that we live in is what's defined in the scripture as the end times. But could it be that we've just got so used to what's happening around us that we're not concerned about the storm that's coming? No, it didn't have teaching series. didn't have... Uh, a four-week set of lessons on the power of new beginnings. He, he didn't have www.raymondwoodward.com. Noah didn't have messages. Noah had one message. Repent. Noah, for years you've been preaching the same message. Noah, for years you've been talking about the same thing because, because Noah realized he didn't have another message to preach. He had one responsibility. Preach about a storm that's coming. But if our day is anything like his day, it's easy to push the decision down the field. I think I'll just wait until tomorrow. Just give me a day to think about it. Just give me another week, Noah. I'm, I'm concerned because 
You've been so intent on completing this project. And the Bible tells us in Scripture that God gave Noah the final week. He said, for yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. And every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. How would you preach or how would you live if you knew that the world was ending in seven days? How would you reach? Who would you call? Who would you text? Who would you, who would you reach out to and say, you know, look, you got one more week. I'm sure that the intensity, that, that whatever elements, the powers of persuasion that Noah had, he was ready to put it into action because he knew that in one week the world would end. How would we live if we knew that by Sunday next week, this would not be the way that life was any longer? How would we act? How would we live? And in the Bible, it tells us that the Lord said unto Noah, come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. You see that God, I never noticed before. I always, you know, just kind of read through the scripture on day two of our bread reading program. And, and I always thought it was kind of the command to go. But God said, Noah, come. In other words, God said, I'm already on the ark. I'm already in the ark. You know, you can find Jesus all through scripture. God said, come thou and all thy house into the ark. The invitation that God gives is still the one to come. You still got to get up and get out of where you are. If you ever need an excuse to leave 2021 with a purpose, you've got it. Because God said, come on, get up and get in the ark. You, you, you don't have to live where you're living. You don't have to stay in a place of failure. You don't have to live in a place of defeat. It's time to get up and come. Come into the ark. God still extends the invitation to come in the midst of our world that's in that mess. God is inviting us to come on the ark. There's no sermon that can describe the moments that occurred next. It says that then Noah and his family, Ham, Shem, Japheth, Noah, their wives, eight people got on the ark, the animals with them. In Genesis chapter 7 and verse 16, Noah did as God had commanded him. And the Bible says, and the Lord shut him in. No. I don't know. I don't know if that concerns you or not. But what happened next, we can't describe it in the pages of Scripture. And we can't even describe it with words of eloquence or oratory. All we've got is just the fact that we know in Scripture that there was a storm that came. And the fountains of the deep opened up. And the rain clouds ushered rain down from the heavens to the earth. And that ark that Noah built was buoyed up on the waters. And inside that ark, you can only imagine what was happening. They could hear the rush of rain. They could hear the storm clouds on the outside, thunder and the lightning. And, and they could hear all that happening. But without doubt, they could hear people. At first, there was concern. Maybe there was a little laughter. They had never been in a rainstorm before. But before long, the concern 
was there. Before long, the screaming started. Before long, the people were hollering. I, it would have been a, just an absolutely horrible moment in history. But in the midst of all the horror that was happening, there was hope because one family was buoyed on the waters in an ark. When the scripture said, make thee an ark of gopher wood, rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and thou shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. It gives us that symbol of the ship being watertight. It was in the midst of that impossible season, in the midst of that storm that was coming. There was no water that was getting in the boat. Whatever that acacia wood did, what that cypress wood did, that gopher wood, whatever that purpose it had, it swelled and it pushed the water out of the ark. It allowed the, the ark to come to the surface and then rise on the, on the tide of the flood, bringing Noah and his family to a place of safety. That covering that was there for the ark has a picture in it. It's a picture about the blood. The same word that's used for atonement is used for the word pitched. It said that it was pitched within and without. And we know that the Bible tells us for the state of the flesh is in the blood. I've given it for you. They said that life, the power of life is in the blood. The blood still works. And we need to apply the blood to our lives. We need to apply it within and we need to apply it without. You say, well, we'll, we'll get there in just a moment. We're going to have communion together this morning. Kathy, you can come back to the music. We won't be too, too much longer. But the Bible tells us that they came into that ark in one door, into that safety of that ark. There's one door of salvation that we have. The Bible tells us that there was one window. And in the midst of all the horror that was happening around Noah, God said, put the, put the window up under the roof of the ark. It wasn't down on the side. It was up in the top of the ark. In that first cubit underneath the roof was that window. And somewhere in the midst of everything that was happening around, around Noah, he, he couldn't look around. He, God didn't want him to see the horror of humanity perishing before him. But God said, Noah, if you've got to look anywhere, look up. Because my promise is there right before you. I, I'm with you. I'm, I, I invited you to come on the ark because we're, we're, we're booing to safety. I, I know that the, the horror of losing humanity is awful. But we have hope in the midst of the horror. Look up through that window. That, that window caused, caused Noah to look up into hope. It looked up into the promise that God had prepared for him. It was look up. Don't look down. Whatever you do. Don't look around because it's just going to discourage you. But the Bible says to look up. There shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity. This is the end times, the sea and the waves roaring, men's heart failing them for fears and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up. Let me invite you on the ark this morning. It's got one door. It's got one window. It's the power to begin again. The power of a new beginning is available for us this morning. But you're not going to find it in many of the ways that people find it today. You're going to find it you're going to find it on the ark of safety. 
we know that it wasn't the end. It said that the ark rested in the seventh month on the 17th day of the month upon the mountains of Ararat. And we could go into Day of Atonement, Christ of the Cross, the ark on Mount Ararat. We could talk about that this morning. The Bible tells us that the first thing that Noah did when he came off the ark in Genesis 8 and 20, it says that Noah built an altar unto the Lord. And he took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. We already mentioned the season of sacrifice, but let me tell you what season of sacrifice does. Let me tell you what the, what the next 21 days does. It rebuilds the altar of the Lord that gets broken down. The power to begin again starts always starts at the altar. Repentance begins at an altar. It isn't specifically this altar. We couldn't even get everybody around this altar this morning. But you can build your own altar. You build your altar in your heart. You build your altar in your home. You build your altar in your daily activity. You build your altar in the choice that you make when you first start Monday morning, 2022. You build your altar. You build the altar because sacrifice gets God's attention. I, I'm challenged this year personally. Spent the last part of December, last part of November into December, challenged about what God would bring us to this year. Listen to Josh Herring preach a message called A Place Called Hunger. He said there are some things that can never happen if you're not hungry. There's some things that you'll never realize you need until you deny your flesh and your spirit man begins to cry out. I'm not saying for everybody that's food. For some of you, it's social media. For some of you, it's entertainment. For some of you, it's, it's prayer. Well, for all of us, it's prayer. But our challenge today, if we want to experience the power of a new beginning, and we all do. It starts with the altar. It starts with the altar when we decide that we're going to turn. We're going to turn some things around. You may have been in church for 50 years. You may have been here since the doors opened 60 years ago. I don't know, but here's what I do know. I know that the power of a new beginning starts at the altar. It does for everybody. If, you, if this is your first service this morning, I'm sorry it's a little heavy today. You're here because you're hungry. You're, you're not here by mistake. You're not here by happenstance. You're not, you're not here. You're not here just because you, you, you by mistake entered the building this morning. You're here because there was something on the inside of you. It may have been an invitation. It may have been someone say, hey, why don't you join me? It's going to be a great time. They have, <laughs> they're going to scare everybody. That's not what it's about, but sometimes, sometimes we have to be reminded 
that the meek and lowly Jesus talked about a judgment day. Sometimes we've got to be reminded that this world that we are walking through, we are not part of it. We're in it, but we're not of it. God still needs a Noah in 2022. God still needs a Noah's wife in 2022. God still needs a family committed. Him, Shem, Japheth, are you in the room this morning? God still needs somebody willing to invest and, and come on, work on the ark, work and build the ark, pitch it within and without. God still needs somebody to build an altar today. God still needs someone to know they need the power of a new beginning. God still needs that person today. It's a summon to the season of sacrifice. I invite you. I invite you to experience what God can do. Pick something. Tell somebody. That was one of the things about resolutions. Talk about it. Write it down. Get somewhere for one moment. Turn everything off. Get alone with God for a minute. Talk to him about what you're going to do. Because God will do something powerful if we will build an altar in our life. The fire will fall if we'll build an altar in our life. God will turn some things around if we build an altar in our life. At that altar, the sacrifice was made. And the promise was released. The challenge this morning is twofold. Get on the ark. Number two, stay on the ark. Atonement, apply the blood to your life. I like it how Peter said it. In 1 Peter chapter 3, we build that altar in repentance. But the second thing he said, which sometimes when people were disobedient, the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. But then he says that that ark, verse 21, he said, while the ark was preparing wherein, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Then he makes this comparison to Noah. You know, Peter the preacher in Acts 2, he said, The like figure whereunto also, even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The same way, the same way that that ark was salvation for Noah and his family. That same way was what baptism is for the New Testament believer if you've never experienced baptism in Jesus name there's a reason why our robes are ready out back there's a reason why this baptismal tank is warm and filled I came in last night and it was up Brandon was here he said I was just making sure that the tank was good to go there's a reason it's because baptism brings salvation We need to apply the blood in repentance. We need the blood to be applied in baptism. We need the blood to be applied in spirit infilling all the way through the tabernacle plan the blood was applied. I know it was the blood. That ark was safety to Noah. But baptism is salvation for us today. Resolve. Someone resolve with me. Resolve to make your life count this year. That's why we love communion. communion. Communion is that reminder about the sacrifice that Christ made so we could begin again. I wonder if you would stand together this morning.
I'm going to ask Pastor Woodward to come. He's going to direct our communion service. But just before we shift gears and move into that, taking those elements, I wonder if you would pause for a moment, examine your heart. God, search us this morning. See if there be any wicked way in us. God, bring that purging, that cleansing. God, I pray that someone would make their mind up this morning, that they're going to walk in harmony with you. God, let someone take encouragement from the life of Noah. God, let there be a reminder in the room today about a judgment day that's coming. But God, the hope of salvation is ours this morning. We stand in that promise today. We thank you for the power of your blood. It still washes clean. God, I ask that someone will be determined in their heart today. A brand new beginning in 22. A brand new focus, a brand new year a brand new hope. God, let it come into lives. Let there be a reality of what you're calling us to be today. I thank you for your sacrifice that opens that door. We give you great praise. So, I feel the Holy Ghost. Would you just lift your hands for a moment?